Chapter Twenty Five of Born Again by Alfred Lawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Gaby Cowan. It is not my intention to give a full description of hospital life as it came under my personal observation, nor to recount the many cruel acts or cases of a stupid negligence on the part of the house staff as perpetrated upon myself and other patients during my stay in the rough hospital as a ward patient as to do the subject justice would require at least a volume in itself neither it is my desire to hold responsible any particular person or persons for the existence of such a barbarous state of affairs in which degraded wretches inflict punishment upon the sick knowing that this is but one of the logical results bred from the debasing system kept in force by a semi-intelligent class of selfish brutes who are crafty enough to gain control of others by teaching the cruel and savage doctrine known as the survival of the fittest i have nothing but a feeling of compassion and sorrow for those abject creatures who mistreated me when i was sick knowing that they as well as those whom they mistreated were but the victims of this pernicious system in the desperate struggle for a mere existence most men and women are forced into employment for which they are entirely unfitted and consequently take no other interest in their work than that of receiving their weekly or monthly stipend this fact was thoroughly demonstrated to me by the action of several nurses who appeared to look upon their work as tasks to be executed mechanically instead of duties to be performed with pleasure then again others who really preferred the work were either kept away from it entirely or else made dull peevish and irritable by the great number of hours they were forced to be on duty each day thus turning what should have been pleasant employment into a drudgery and like the nurses so were the orderlies their daily work hours were so long and their pay so small that only the least intelligent and most stupid moral idiots could be secured to take positions that should be filled by men of the very highest intelligence character and sympathy the physicians themselves i found to be inexperienced youths generally masquerading under a set of whiskers which some people are foolish enough to mistake for brains and ability coming direct from the medical colleges they accepted these positions in order to gain some practical experience at the expense of the lives of the hospital patients the bricklayer who devotes his life to the honourable work of building the edifice the hot career who gives his best services to the community in an equally honorable employment the locomotive engineer who safely carries from city to city a train load of human beings each day for many years are only fit to be practised upon by inexperienced physicians and abused by the irritable nurses and cruel orderlies if they are finally overcome by sickness and enter a charity hospital for treatment for several days i lay upon my little ward cot in the rough hospital 
with my life hanging in the balance and obliged to accept for succor the abuse and mistreatment of an inferior house staff and worse still i had to be an eyewitness to cruelties imposed upon other and less fortunate sufferers than myself i feel sure that many poor fellow that i saw carried away upon a stretcher a lifeless corpse had given up all hope of recovery and died for the want of a few cheering words and kindly sympathy from sonic one instead of the constant abuse and brutality he was subjected to i fully believe that i myself must have inevitably succumbed to my pitiless treatment had it not been for the fact that the young girl arletta visited me each day for half an hour bestowing upon me a tender sympathy and manifesting the greatest concern for my welfare and recovery i was placed in a most peculiar position i could get no information whatsoever from the doctors nurses or orderlies and even arletta said very little and cautioned me against talking or exciting myself in any manner i learned enough however to know that twenty-one years had actually elapsed since my wonderful experience with arletta of sageland and felt convinced beyond a doubt that the beautiful young girl who took such an interest in my welfare was impelled by the same soul as my noble instructress in natural law but i was intensely mystified and unable to conceive what had become of the time between the going of the one and the coming of the other arletta twenty-one years had been swallowed up as completely as if they had never been nearly one half of my life has passed away of which i could give absolutely no account a look into the mirror was convincing proof of this fact for therein i saw a white-haired and premature old man with a thin haggard and drawn countenance which plainly showed the results of having lived a life of hardship and almost unrecognizable as my own face my heavy black moustache was gone and in its place nothing but white stubble remained the more i endeavoured to reach some tangible solution of the mystery the more confused i became according to the girl arletta's story i had been introduced to her at a reception in paris three years previously had apparently fallen desperately in love with her and made myself obnoxious by following her everywhere she went for several months but as neither she nor her parents liked me i was finally eluded and had not been seen for over two years according to her account i was generally looked upon as a rich gentleman of leisure and bad habits who did nothing but travel and spend money recklessly this being the case the foremost question of my mind were where had i gotten the money to spend so extravagantly had i lived those twenty years as a rational being earning and accumulating wealth and still not knowing anything about it arletta of sageland had told me that there was no such thing as a freak of nature and that everything worked according to natural law but my case certainly seemed to be an exception to the general run of things what could be the final outcome of my mysterious career was a question to be answered that was entirely beyond the limits of my imagination 
it gave me a severe pain in the head to contemplate beyond the surface of the subject i finally allowed the whole matter to slip from my attention and bent my efforts toward recovery from the effects of my physical ailments one day arletta said to me in as kindly a manner as possible mr Combert, the doctor informs me that the reason you do not get well is because you lack the will power to do so will power exclaimed i my dear sweet girl that is all i have left it is the only force that is keeping me alive in the face of the cruelest treatment man could possibly receive at the hands of his fellow beings without will power i should have been killed long ago by these people but through that agency alone i have been enabled to defy death and i promise you that i shall get well in spite of them why mr Combert, how can you talk so harshly against these kind people i am sure they are doing everything within their power to make you well you think so because you know nothing of the case answered i you simply visit this place for half an hour each day at a time that everything is moving along smoothly and merely get a surface view of matters it is my earnest hope that you may never get a practical insight of these things by being placed in the same position as myself or these other poor fellows all around me if all the poor unfortunates i have seen carried out of these ward corpses have died for want of the same kind of will-power i require then all i can say is that the doctors here should be held responsible for the great many cases of actual murder why mr Convert, what do you mean by talking in this way inquired she just this replied i these doctors are treating me for the wrong ailment i am suffering no more from the effects of typhoid fever than you are but still these doctors are trying to cure me of a malady which does not exist since recovering my memory i have observed that the many typhoid patients all around me have been bathed from five to ten times daily while my fever rises to a point which necessitates an ice bath to reduce it but once each day and always at the same hour five o'clock in the afternoon in any part of the world where malaria is prevalent these symptoms indicate nothing more nor less than chills and fever and should be cured within a day or two by a few doses of quinine i have explained this to the doctor several times but with a wisdom born of book learning they have contemptuously disregarded my advice and still continue to treat me for enteric fever and then lay the blame upon me for not getting well do not doubt me my dear girl i know what i am talking about up to a few days ago my memory was obscured but now i am in my right senses and fully capable of using all of my reasoning faculties to their fullest extent some day i shall explain many strange things to you of which you know nothing but now i must devote all my thoughts and forces toward regaining my former physical strength and likewise increase my moral and mental vigor for a future great work arletta said no more at that time but to my great surprise the next day i was transferred from the charity ward to a paid private room in another part of the hospital 
the furnishings of this room were of the most luxurious description and the nurse informed me that it was the very best and highest priced apartment in the building i afterwards learned that the cost of renting this room including attendance was one hundred dollars per week arletta had secured it for me it was really remarkable how quickly the value of my life increased in the eyes of those hospital attendants by the expenditure of a little money from a wordless proletariat i was suddenly transformed into a man of great importance there were two private nurses to wait on me and they moved with the celerity of antelopes in response to my slightly spiting they appeared to be bubbling over with kindness and attention and seemed to anticipate my every want the orderlies treated me as if i were the crowned ruler of the universe while the doctors displayed an unnatural politeness that was almost amusing i found out later that arletta was to feed them all handsomely in case of my early recovery my new nurses were always ready to answer questions and give me any information i wanted upon arriving at my new and sumptuous quarters one of the nurses informed me that i was to receive a personal visit from the great doctor Noel that day she further informed me that he was considered to be the leading physician of america and that he never made a professional call for less than one thousand dollars as if by appointment arletta and this doctor arrived at almost the same moment several of the house physicians also followed him into the room anxious to learn what diagnosis this celebrated practitioner would make of a case which had so baffled them he lost no time in unnecessary talk but got down to work immediately first looking over the charts which recorded my condition since my entrance to the hospital then he examined me carefully with various instruments from the tip of my head to the sole of my foot meanwhile asking me many questions of widely different subjects at last he turned to the house physicians and said it is my opinion that when this man first entered the hospital he was merely suffering from a simple case of malaria and not enteric fever as you have diagnosed since then his kidneys have become affected and he now suffers from both malaria and lumbago for the fever give him ten grains of quinine three times a day for two days and gradually diminish the quantity until the fever abates entirely begin to feed him after the second day for the lumbago give him at least two quarts of lithia water to drink each day now as to the man's mental caliber i find him perfectly sane and normal but owing to a fracture of the skull sustained by him some time in the past the two sides of his brain have become separated causing two distinct personalities to exist when one side of the brain works the other side remains dormant and vice versa he likewise possesses a dual memory and is only capable of recollecting events as they happen separately and distinctly according to the side of the brain which takes the impression 
consequently this man may have lived a perfectly sane life during the past twenty-one years of which he claims to have no recollection he may at any time in the future resume either personality by some slight mental disturbance but his two personalities will always remain as strangers to each other having thus delivered himself the doctor who apparently was bent upon making a few more thousand dollars calls that day hurriedly but with a great dignity strode out of the room closely followed by the other physicians after they had departed and we were alone arletta pulled a chair up close to the head of my bed and looking steadily and earnestly into my eyes said i sincerely hope mr convert that you may never again resume your other personality end of chapter twenty five recorded by gabby cowan in kingston ontario canada